Hi, everyone. My name is Jeff Gluck, and I'm a motorsports writer for The Athletic. One of the unique things about journalism is you get a chance to sit down and hear different perspectives from people you'd never otherwise meet. Sherry Pollux, who passed away Sunday at the age of 44, fits that description for me. If you found this podcast and you're not familiar with Sherry, a quick overview. Diagnosed with stage 3 ovarian cancer at age 35, Sherry was given a 30% chance of surviving just five years with her disease. Instead, she beat the cancer three different times and ended up living nine more years. During that near decade, she became a highly inspirational figure for her work both in childhood cancer, which she had already been passionate about for years before she was diagnosed herself, and ovarian cancer, for which she tried to raise awareness, promote a healthy lifestyle, and provide comfort to other cancer patients through her Sherry Strong organization. Because of her longtime presence in the racing community, I was able to sit down and interview Sherry about life and perspective on four different occasions over the years. She was always open and honest and willing to use her platform to spread inspiration and hope to others. Now that she's gone, I wasn't sure what to do with all the audio or whether it would be appropriate to put it together somehow into a podcast episode. But after listening through all of it this morning, there was one conversation in particular that really struck me as something that we could all use in our daily lives. You don't have to be a cancer patient or even know someone with cancer to appreciate the wisdom and perspective that you're about to hear. Some quick background before we get started. This interview was conducted in the spring of 2019 at Talladega Super Speedway in Alabama. We were sitting outside the motorhome of her longtime partner, Martin Truex Jr. Beyond that, I'll get out of the way now and let you hear the incredible wisdom of Sherry Pollux in her own words. You right now, I feel like you're living life to the fullest and maximizing each day more than anybody that I know uh, or I'm aware of, I guess. So I want to talk to you if, and see if you can offer some tips for other people. So, yeah. So, uh, well, it's thank you for that. First of all, that you think of me that way. That means a lot to me. I, um, I do feel like I'm a really positive person and that I try to wake up every day and live life to the fullest. Um, I felt like I did that before I got diagnosed with cancer, but um, now that I live the way I do, after cancer, I don't know that I was fully living that way, you know, with that much joy and gratitude. So, um, I feel like now that, you know, life after cancer is, is mentally and physically exhausting at times, but I try to wake up every day and see the positive in everything that I do. So even on the days that I don't feel good, I always think like this too shall pass tomorrow's a new day and I'm going to feel better tomorrow or something amazing could happen tomorrow and I'll meet somebody that I could inspire or bring a smile to their face. Um, you know, even just like if I'm at Target or if I'm at the grocery store, just opening the door for somebody or just, it's amazing what you can do when you're like in a checkout line and the person checking you out seems like they're having a really bad day or they have a bad attitude. If you just smile at them or tell them they're pretty or tell them that what they're wearing is beautiful or it could be such a small compliment, right? But it could completely change somebody's life. And yeah, I just, I don't know. I wake up every day and just have so much gratitude and joy for this life that I'm living, even though I haven't chronic illness. And it's so hard. People ask me all the time, like, I don't get it. You know, how do you stay so positive? And how are you happy all the time when you have, you know, stage three C ovarian cancer? And I just, I don't know. I wake up every day and just think like this life is amazing. If you just look around you, there's so much positivity and there's so much beauty in this earth and the people that are here and the people that want to make a difference and want to inspire each other. And there is a lot of us if you look for us, you know. And if you can find one positive in your day, you know, like the first thing that I do when I wake up in the morning, first of all, is I pray, which I think is like kind of sets the intentions for my day. I thank God for the warm bed that I slept in this morning. I thanked him for this amazing trip I just had with my girlfriends for my upcoming 40th birthday. Um, I try to say 
at least three to five things that I'm grateful for. Like I do like a little gratitude moment. So I just say what I'm grateful for. And, and then I do like a big stretch and I get out of bed and start my day. And I think that that's such a great way to start your day. You know, so many people like the first thing they do is they get on their phone or they get news alerts on their iPhone, right? Or they're, they get on Twitter or they get on Facebook or they get on Instagram. Right. And there's so much negativity on, there's so many great things about social media, but there's a lot of negativity too. So there's so much negativity on those outlets. And for me to start my day like that, I'm not setting a good intention for the rest of my day, right? I've already looked at that. I've already started my brain thinking that way and I don't want to do that. Hmm. So I think if you start your day with thinking about the things that you're joyful for, the things that bring you joy, like for you, your little girl, and you think about gratitude and all the things that you're grateful for, like her health and that she's perfect and beautiful. (laughs) And, um, you know, then it just kind of sets the tone for everything in your life and it makes every day just seem that much better. It does for me anyway. So is it literally like you wake up and you forcibly force yourself to not look at your phone? Like you won't pick up your phone? Well, I have this new rule and I actually learned this from not only my counselor, but um, just some other holistic healers that I listen to and like spiritual leaders that I listen to. I listen to a lot of podcasts too. And um, I learned that for the first like two hours that you're awake, you shouldn't look at your phone. Wow. So I realized for everybody, that's not possible. You know, people that have kids and have to work and have, you know, like go right into their day. But I wake up fairly early um, for me. So I make it a rule that for two hours um, from the time that I wake up most days, not every day, it's not possible every day. You know, some days you have commitments and you have things you have to do. And, you know, you think of something that you should have texted somebody last night. So you do it really quick. So that some days it's not possible, but I try to at least three days a week, not look at my phone for the first two hours that I'm up. Um, I read my Bible. I write in a gratitude journal. I have um, a cup of tea and I sit out on the back porch and you know, look at the lake and think about how beautiful the area that we live in is. Um, I don't know. I I think about what I'm going to do that day. If there's an opportunity to inspire somebody with my story or my disease. Um, You know, I write a lot of blogs on sherrystrong.org. So I write stuff in my phone about blogs. If I have to get on my phone, I try to stay away from social media. Mm -hmm. I try to just use it for whatever I'm using it for in that moment. Like for instance, my Bible app is on my phone. So sometimes I'm on it because my Bible app is on there. But I'm not looking at negative news outlets. And I think that that's so important is just not to start your day with negativity. So how do you avoid getting sucked into the negativity of the world once you do start looking at it? And because, and, and I'll say this too, I mean, the negativity that even goes beyond um, social media, like in, yeah. in life, you know, you'll, you'll come across people and they're like, uh, this, 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 and, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, that's right. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm mad about that too, or whatever. Um, how do you try to keep the positive uh, spirit going throughout your day, I guess? Well, for one, I think that if you have negative people in your life like that, you shouldn't be friends with them. You know, if you're around negative people, it was one of the first things I did after I was diagnosed. All the people in my life that were what I call Debbie Downers mm-hmm. just were bringing me down in my life. I just got rid of them. I d- I'm not around them anymore. I don't I'm not mean or ungrateful for the people that have helped me through my life or done things for me. I just don't have friendships with those people. I don't choose to spend my time with them. So I think it's all about choices, right? We wake up every day and we have a choice on how we want to live our day, you know, live our life that day. Do we want to live with joy and gratitude or do we want to be negative pessimists? You know, I choose to wake up every day and like, yeah, I have this disease and it sucks. I mean, nobody wants to have cancer and nobody wants to take chemo every day. And, but I always think to myself, there's so many people that have it so much worse than I do. You know, I think of all the people that have, you know, stage four pancreatic cancer or have cancers that are way worse than I do and can't get out of bed in the morning and can't even go to work and can't function, you know, Mm -hmm. and can't get up and make breakfast. And I think about those people and I pray for them. And then I think about how lucky I am that I can do those things. So 
I think if you just focus on what you can do and what you can't do, it makes such a huge difference, you know? Yeah, there's some things I can't do that I could do in my pre-cancer life, but it's okay. I'm not, you know, the rest of my life is not going to be perfect. Nobody's life is full of sunshines and rainbows. That's probably my favorite thing to tell people is like, you know, no one's life is perfect. No matter what you see on social media, Mm -hmm. nobody's life is perfect. We have this like idea of what our life should be like and you know marriage and kids and everything's perfect and we live in this house this white picket fence and that's not everyone's reality and it's really no one's reality because everybody that even tells you they have that reality usually doesn't have it (laughs) so I always think to myself like you know we all have this path that we've gone down in our lives and we make a choice when we go down that to be around negative people and to let negative things in life affect us or we don't and If I come across something on Twitter um, or Instagram that's negative, usually I'd scroll right by. I don't Mm. read it. You know, I don't pay a ton of attention to it. Do I get mad and angry like everybody else? Yeah, of course I do. If you follow me on social media, you can see I'm a firecracker. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I have a sassy attitude and I do get upset about things, but I've learned to just take deep breaths and let those things go by quicker than I used to. So, yeah, I mean, I have my days where I'm not happy about stuff and there's negativity around me. I just have found a different way to cope with it, I guess, is the best way to explain it. It's interesting that you you mentioned a couple times that you sort of seek a chance to inspire someone. Um, like, it sounds like you're looking for those opportunities now where, I guess, in my daily life, I, I guess it's not really something that crossed my mind where, like, I'm thinking, oh, if I, I could actually improve this person's day, which I should. I mean, because anybody can improve somebody's day you know it doesn't have to be like you're you're not like have a license to do it or something like that you're just being nice or kind or whatever yeah um so it sounds like that's something that you really actively seek now yeah and you don't well and you just hit the nail on the head right we all have different ways we inspire people and it doesn't have to be like you don't have to be a cancer patient to inspire somebody you don't have to have gone through some kind of tragedy or great trauma in your life to inspire someone you know we all have our gifts that god has given us and we all have something that we can use to inspire others i tell martin all the time like you know your gift is that you were able to have this amazing talent to be a race car driver and that you could use that platform to be a role model to other children and kids that look up to you and want to be you one day or use it to inspire kids that are battling an illness or whatever it might be you know there's so many things that we can do and I think you know when you've gone through something like I've been through and then you come out the other side and you're like oh oh wow I'm I'm still here I'm still alive and I still have this opportunity to live this amazing life even though I'm probably gonna fight this disease forever until it kills me how can I use that like what what is God trying to teach me like what lesson am I learning to me it was like this huge awakening this like spiritual awakening like God is trying to teach me something. What, what is this path that he's put me on and how, am I, how can I use it to do good in this world so that when I leave here, I leave behind this legacy of wanting to help others and bring you know, positivity and sunlight and, and, and happiness to other people. So that's, that's really what I concentrate on with Sherry Strong and, and with our foundation is like every time we go to the hospital or every time I talk to another cancer patient, you know, sitting down with them and holding their hand and being like, yeah, I know it's really tough right now and I know it sucks, but there's gonna come a day that you're going to feel better. And this too shall pass. That was mm. like my favorite thing to say to myself when I was going through my chemo, my really rough chemo, like this too shall pass. There's going to come a day where I'm going to be sitting here like I am with you today and the sun's going to be shining and I'm going to feel great. And I'm going to be like, Oh my gosh, God gave me a second chance of life. Now what am I going to do with it? Yeah. And for me, that's like, okay, how can I inspire more people and give more people with cancer hope? Because that's my passion, right? Is like, 
everyone, we're all gifted at something and we're all, you know, we all have this path that we're on. And, and for me, it was like, I, I just wanted to help other people make it through this disease and teach them about all integrative medicine and all the things that I use to help me feel better. And, 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 and the mindful practices that I've used to, to help me get through it. And, um, it's just been amazing. And I feel so lucky to be here. What are some things where, like you said that, you know, obviously some days you're, you're tired and you kind of have to rally yourself. Um, what are some things either that you, I don't know, um, like drink or take or yeah. like, I mean, some people drink coffee yeah. or tea or do you have, do you have like, uh, pills or something? Like, is there anything <laughs> like, that you, are you asking me if I have like a magic happy pill? No, like, like some, <laughs> uh, like holistic, I don't know, you know. But. Okay. So I think I kind of know what you're asking me. So I do. Well, okay. I do take a lot of supplements and a lot of vitamins, which I think makes, helps me feel good. Right. So when you, when we feel good as humans, naturally, our mind feels good and our body feels good. So I'm a true believer in like, you are what you eat, you are what you live, you are who you say you are, right? So like for me, that's practicing like mindful connections, like every day, like I'll even do, I do yoga a lot and I do a lot of meditation and I'll even repeat like little mantras in my mind, like I am healthy, I am strong. Hmm. Because like it's the mind-body connection is huge to me. Like if my mind feels good, I can teach my body how to feel good even though I'm battling this disease. So I do a lot of like, yes, green tea and dandelion tea. And I make this SEAC tea, which is like this cancer fighting tea. I do a lot of things like boost my immune system. Mm -hmm. And I think those things all help my body stay strong so that I can fight my disease, but also to keep my mind healthy so that I can be in the right state of mind to inspire other people and bring them joy and happiness and do things for myself, if that makes sense. So I don't yeah. think there's like this magic pill that you take every day, you know, that you can... I mean, CBD oil, right, is huge right now. And that's proven to, to um, lessen people's pain and anxiety and inflammation. And so, yeah, that's sort of an, like a, a, a happy pill, I guess, if you wanted to say it that way. I mean, there's other things that you can do. But, um, I mean, for me, those are the things that work for me. So I'm not speaking for everybody. I'm just more speaking about what I do for myself. And those yeah. things kind of set my intentions for the whole day after I do yoga and meditation and I take my supplements and I make a green smoothie that then that's kind of how I start my day. And that's, and if I feel good, then that kind of sets the tone for my whole day. And do you is like, are you on some sort of a diet where you're strict about stuff or do you just try to make healthy choices with what you put in your body? Oh no, I'm on like a really strict diet, yeah. like a crazy strict diet. Oh, like okay. I eat like only, um, like really healthy foods and I, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I am on a really strict diet. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy. And it, a lot of it's on sherrystrong.org, but that's probably the number one question I get asked from people on social yeah. media is like, what do you eat every day? Um, I eat a lot of like this morning I made a green smoothie with a lot of fruits and vegetables in it and, um, some mushroom powder and some collagen and protein powder. And usually lunch, I have like a big salad and then dinner I have like salmon and vegetables. So that's like an average day. I mean, that's not every day cause I eat a lot of variety of stuff, but I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables mostly. But I think that that's huge because like we just talked about, like you are what you eat. It kind of sets the tone for, you know, if you eat crappy food all the time and you eat junk food all the time and you eat a lot of refined sugar and drink a lot of soda and all these things, then you, then you don't feel good, you know? Mm -hmm. And then when you don't feel good, how can you be a source of happiness and joy for other people because you're miserable with yourself and how you feel? And some people can't help it. You know, they're battling a terrible illness. Doesn't matter how they eat. They still don't feel good, you know? But if you have the opportunity to be able to make that change, then I think what an, what an incredible change that you can make. Um, you know, everybody has stuff that go on in their life to varying degrees. Um, and it's tempting to feel sorry for yourself, 
why don't you feel sorry for yourself or at least you don't come across that way? Yeah. So I had, um, I had that in the beginning when I first was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. So, um, most, most people that have followed me on social media know that I really wanted to be a mom. And in the beginning, um, about three months before I was diagnosed, I was, I was trying to get pregnant and, um, and then I went to the doctor because I was like, Oh, my stomach hurts. You know, I'm a little bit bloated. I thought, well, maybe I am pregnant. And then they told me I had, um, stage three C ovarian cancer and I was going to be in surgery five days later and I was going to have a radical hysterectomy and I would never have kids. And, um, I had that moment when I got home, like that, like why, why me moment, like mm-hmm. threw myself on the floor, like fully blown, like tempered tantrum fit, like a four year old would do. And Martin just like stood there and watched me and just cried and was like, Oh my God, like, I, I don't know what to do. You know that, like, I don't know how to help you. I don't know what to do with yeah. you because he was so sad too. And we were so devastated that I was so sick. We didn't realize like how sick I was. till we saw the scan and all the tumors in my body, which there was like 40 to 50 tumors in my body. Jeez. So, um, I think that, you know, I had that in the beginning that why me? And then I remember talking to, um, a friend of mine, that was getting chemotherapy and you might know him. His name was Steve Burns and he was sitting next to, um, this 97 year old lady on his right who was getting chemotherapy for, I don't know, she had like breast cancer or something. And he was sitting next to a 19 year old on his left that Mm. had testicular cancer. And he said, Cher, I walked in and I sat down to get my chemo and I was feeling sorry for myself. And I was thinking like that, why me, you know, why is this happening to me? Why am I here? Why can't I live a normal life? And I looked next to me at this 97-year-old lady that was at the end of her life fighting. And I looked to my left at this guy that was 19 and just starting his life and was fighting. And I thought, why not me? Hmm. Like, why not me? What makes me any different? What makes me more special than them? What makes my life, my age, the color of my skin, my social status, whatever it might be that makes you different, what makes me different from them? Mm -hmm. And we talked about that a lot, Steve and I. Like... There's, there's no, cancer doesn't discriminate. No, no disease discriminates. It doesn't matter what you're going through in your life. We're all going to experience some type of suffering or, strat- or, or tragedy in our life, right? So how do, you, how do you get past that point where you're just like, it's, you know, at one point in my life, I'm going to have something that bad that's going to happen. And then I'm going to come to a place where I'm okay with it. I mean, it's different for everybody. But for me, it was just like, I'm around these children every day that fight cancer. And they're five years old and three years old. They haven't even had a chance to live their life yet. And then I started to feel lucky that I was 35 when I was diagnosed and that I had lived in, you know, lived 35 years of my life. I was like, wow, look at all the amazing trips I've gone on. Look at all the amazing things that I've done. How lucky am I that I've made it this far hmm. and that I'm not five or 15 or 19 fighting this terrible illness and might not even get a chance to ever get married or have kids or do all the things you want to do in life, whatever it might be for you. You know, for me, it was spending time with friends and family, traveling, um, inspiring people. Yeah, I wanted to be a mom, but I couldn't be anymore. So it was like, okay, do I want to adopt now? Do I want to just take care of these babies at the hospital and let them be my kids, you know? Mm-hmm. And I haven't felt sorry for myself a day since. Wow. wow. I really That's haven't. Incredible. I haven't had one day that I woke up and thought, why me? Even in my worst, darkest days, like when I shaved my head, when I was in the worst of my chemotherapy, when I had my recurrence, when they told me I had to go on oral chemo. I mean, I've been on chemo for four out of the last five years. I've never had one day where I was like, why me? Wow. I just thought I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get through this and I'm going to live it every day and I'm going to live it to the best of my ability. I'm going to be a happy person while I'm living it. And whatever happens, happens. 
like God's blessed me with this much time on this earth, whatever, if he takes me now, then whatever I've done and whatever I've been blessed to do, then let that be my legacy here. You know, Mm. if you could, um, I'll just close by this asking this. Um, if you could just inject the average person with some bit of knowledge that like you just wish people could realize about life in general, you know what I mean? Like that they're just, Oh, like, like why can't people see this or something that, that you feel like you've realized now and you just wish that everybody could know what, what would it be? Well, I mean, so as a cancer patient, that's such an interesting question because there's so many things, right? There's so many, like you wake up and you're like, wow, why can't people see that that butterfly that just flew by was amazing? That like God made that, that butterfly and, and like, she's so beautiful and the colors and the sky's bluer and the grass is greener. Like it's so hard to explain to people that you have to go through what I've been through to experience that. And I hate that. I wish everybody could just experience that and not have to go through tragedy before they feel that. Because for me, everything about my life is more vibrant and colorful and amazing and joyful. And, and, and I hate that it took cancer for me to see that, you know, to see how amazing it all is. But the one thing that I think like every day when I wake up that I'm like, why can't people just see this? Like, why can't people would be that like when you think that you have a problem and you think it's a really big problem, like it could be something like sitting in traffic, right? Martin gets so frustrated when he's like sitting in traffic on I-77 and he like starts to get all upset about it. And I'm like, why can't you just see right now that this problem is so small? Why can't you see that there's so much more out there? There's so many more bigger problems and that there's somebody right now that's praying for your problem. Like my mom tells me every night when you say your prayers, remember to t- remember that there's somebody else across the world that's wishing they could trade prayers with you, right? Yeah. Because they're wishing they could pray for what you're praying for. And it's such, it's such a true statement. It's not just Martin. It's not just me. It's everybody. Every single person that wakes up and, and goes throughout their day is going to encounter some obstacle or some problem that they go through. And every time they hit that bump in the road, instead of thinking, gosh, this is like a mountain that I can't climb or instead of complaining about it, Right. Like we were just talking about people complaining about the sport of NASCAR instead of complaining about it and saying, like, this is what's wrong. You know, why don't we offer a solution or why don't we talk about the positive sides of it? And I realize that that's not always going to happen. You know, like I was upset with the way qualifying was a couple of weeks ago, too. Like, I get it. We're all going to have those moments. You know, nothing can be perfect all the time. But we can choose how we react to those moments and we can choose what our attitude is to those moments. And we also can make choices to say, you know what, this is a really small problem in my life and this too is going to pass. And something, then when something big comes along, it's like you're ready for it, yeah. you know? And then you realize that all those little problems were just getting you ready, you ready for that really big one. You know, that those things are just really small in the grand scheme of things. So I think that that's probably my biggest, like, you know, I'll go out to lunch with, like with girlfriends and they'll be talking about, you know, pick up at school and how they waited in line for so long and the kids didn't want to go to school or something happened at school and bullied the other kid or something happened. And I'm like, I wish those were my problems. Right. Right. I wish my kid was at school and somebody was mean to her today and I could teach her that that's not okay to, to kill people with kindness every day. Yeah. I wish I had a little girl like that, you know, like I wish I had a little girl that was healthy and awesome and her little boy and I could inspire her to be this amazing person to other people one day but I'm never going to have that opportunity. So I think it's all about perspective, right? We all just have to, we make a choice every day when we have encounter a problem and putting it to perspective of what's really going on in our life and people's lives around us. And the minute you do that and you have compassion for somebody else changes everything. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. 